0: sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, and he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, the Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be last of all, and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Who do people say that I am? That was Jesus' question to the disciples that we heard last week. Who do people say that I am? So you see, the disciples wanted to learn more about him. They wanted to be in a deeper relationship with him. And they really wanted to know why he came among them. And today we hear how Jesus takes his disciples, he takes them away on a journey, away from the crowds, and he speaks about what is about to come. The passion, his death, and the resurrection. And they have no clue what he's talking about. They don't want to hear it. They're spending time along the way Talking about who is the greatest. Don't we all seek greatness, fame, fortune? I played Powerball last night. We want awesome pictures on Instagram. We want people to think we're important when we put a post on Facebook or Twitter. In the business world, we want important c- connections on LinkedIn. There's even a presidential candidate who says he's the greatest. And what does Jesus do when the apostles are spending all this time thinking about who is the greatest? He takes a child. He takes a child and he embraces it. And he puts the child right in front of them. And he tells them, if you're willing to receive such a child as this in my name that you must be converted. You must be transformed, just like a child. He uses the model of a child to make a big point. Children are innocent. They don't have any judgment about power or social status. They're not concerned like us, our appearance, or vanity, or wealth. They don't exclude. Children embody what the least of all Really means. And when we receive the least of all, we become a servant of all, and then we become the greatest. Pope Francis, you just touched down in Cuba this morning. And he comes to Washington, New York and Philadelphia. I was in Philadelphia last week with my son dropping him off at college. There is a buzz about that as you drive, as we drove down, my wife and and son and and daughter drove down to New Jersey and to uh, to, to, uh, New Jersey on the way to Philadelphia. There is excitement about him being here. He's one that's concerned about the least. He's speaking to what we're talking about here in the Gospel. He's speaking about the marginalized, the forgotten, the broken. He's made it his message to the world, embrace the least. Our brothers and sisters who are hurt by divorce, who are hurt by broken relationships, he wants the church to help them, to help them heal and reconcile their lives. He embraces those who have had abortions, who seek absolution and forgiveness, he embraces those who are immigrants and refugees, those who seek a safe home and survival of their families. He wants us to embrace those who are forgotten and hurt by unemployment, by poverty, those who seek security and peace. And if you really think about it, aren't we all in some way the least Francis has asked that next year, 2016, be the year of mercy. Mercy for the least among us. So the big question, how do we do that? For me, and I know from you probably, it's hard to put others before ourselves. It's hard to surrender and serve others. In particular, it's hard to serve and surrender ourselves to the least among us. So here's two stories, two stories that may help us. Henry Nolan, priest, spiritual writer. And I heard this from a book that I was reading this summer entitled Sabbath. And Henry had an interesting way of looking at this question. He said that in our spiritual lives, they're ones of downward mobility. Not upward mobility, downward mobility. Society tells us that we need upward mobility, that we need to. That's the important thing. one was highly regarded as a big author, big selling author of many spiritual books. He was a professor at Harvard, at Yale, at Notre Dame. But he found himself with all of that recognition, all of that status, all of that fame, he found himself longing and a need for service. So in the back end of his life, he left all the comforts that he had of the university life and he became a chaplain in a very small community of developing, developmentally challenged adults. The author of the book I was reading, he tells the story of a piece that he read in the New Yorker. Hillary Clinton, at the time, had been reading some of his writings about gratefulness and forgiveness. And the author called Henry and he said, I'm just reading here in the New Yorker about how you're helping Hillary Clinton. And he told him he was invited to go to the White House to provide the Clinton some spiritual counsel. He had compassion for their situation, but, and he was very honored that they recognized his work. But he sent his apologies. He didn't go. He said, there are others that can go to the White House. I'm here with the people with disabilities that I serve. And they need me. Now that is downward mobility. That's humility. We do our work to serve others, not for glory, honor, not for credit or reward. We simply do it because we must. We simply do it because it's who we are, it's who we are. Every Ash Wednesday, we're urged to go and do our work quietly. As we receive our ashes, we hear from the reading, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. God will see your great work in secret, and you'll be rewarded in secret. Here's something to think about. Don't we often get that reward in secret quietly in many ways? Maybe when we're by ourselves, walking, we feel and embrace by God. When someone tells us that they appreciate us, we feel that embraced by God. And maybe just a quiet hug of gratitude. My wife is a hospice nurse, and oftentimes she has a hard day. When she has a hard day, she has a hard day. Hospice work is difficult. But when she comes in the day, at the end of the day with a smile of gratitude, often It's because no one said anything to her. They just gave her a hug of gratitude. That's what we need. We need to do our work in secret. We need to do the work of God. Second and final story. Sister Bridget House in her books, Door to the Sacred. She tells a story about how she was chosen as the New Orleans Young Teacher of the Year. You see, she was just at the beginning of her career and teaching, and it was a great honor. She was so excited. She was breathless in excitement. And she ran to tell her friend, Sister Elizabeth Marie the news. Sister Elizabeth looked up at her, and she herself was a very accomplished musician, had taught for about five decades. She listened to her. She listened attentively to her as she enthusiastically told her the great news of the award. She didn't say a word. She just nodded and she smiled. And then Sister Bridget, really not getting much feedback from Sister Elizabeth, she said, what do you think of all of this? She says, top notch. Top notch. But before you go, can you do me a favor? Sister said, name it, whatever, Mm. anything. She says, please open my closet and read to me the sign that's taped inside. It always helps me to remember what really matters. So she was very curious. She was curious what was on the other side of that door. So she opens the door and there on the door was a large piece Of yellow crinkled construction paper with 11 words on it, printed in blue ink. I am who I am before God, no more, no less. And she read it again so that Sister Elizabeth could hear it. I am. Who I am before God, no more, no less. And there was quiet. And she gently closed the closet door. Sister Elizabeth whispered a humbled commentary. That's life's reality check. Then she laughed. She got up and she embraced and hugged her, and patted Sister Bridget on the shoulder and said, congratulations, my dear sister. You have done our school proud. Who do people say that I am? In Christ's name, let us, let us be people who serve the least among us. We are who we are before God. No more, no less. Amen.
1: Lord, hear me. I am open. I surrender. All my pride gets me nowhere, leaves me stranded, empty handed. So shatter the darkness in my life as I can.